Welcome to Work, Play, Obsession, a podcast about life and jiu-jitsu, where each week we'll be taking a look at the latest competition scene results, as well as interviews and roundtable discussions about the jiu-jitsu lifestyle and self-defense. Don't forget to go to workplayobsession.blogspot.com for in-depth news and analysis, as well as bonus training techniques. Welcome back to another episode of Work, Play, Obsession, Life and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, to start off this week, I just want to thank you for uh, for joining us again this week. I think we're on episode 12 right now. We have a steady group of people that uh, tune in every week or every two weeks as we get the issues out, and I really appreciate you taking the time to download and listen to this podcast. So for this week, I have uh, two things I wanted to talk to you about. <clears throat> One was an interesting article that I read uh, by Joe Rogan. And the other one is uh, more of a training feedback uh, that I received. And it kind of piggybacks on what I talked about last week with picking a particular topic and focusing on that for a period of time. So I actually had an interesting development, which is based off of that. And, and I'd like to discuss that with you here today. So I'll get into that in a second. But first, I wanted to talk about the, uh, the recent Joe Rogan uh, comment or article that's been floating around on Facebook. I think it was a five-minute clip from uh, Stuart Cooper film. Um, it's pretty interesting. The, the film actually shows uh, Hadolfo Vera, I think, and Leandro Lowe, maybe Buchecha, whoever it was. Th- those guys actually uh, training. Uh, but it was a Joe Rogan commentary uh, voiced over the video. And uh, basically the, the subject matter was Joe Rogan commenting that uh, to get better at jiu-jitsu, you basically have to strangle the fuck out of blue belts. And that's literally what he says. And that's literally the title of the video clip. And he, he says, uh, a lot of people think that to get better, uh, you must get your ass kicked by brown belts or black belts, higher level belts, and that will incre- increase your proficiency. You know, to, in order to be a lion, you need to train with lions. And, and, and Joe Rogan takes the exact opposite approach. He's, he calls that bullshit. He throws the bullshit flag at that theory and says, hey, if you really want to get good, yeah, sometimes you need to train with brown belts. Sometimes you need to train with black belts. Um, and that will identify, you, you'll be able to identify the, the nuances that they have or the small things or the details that they do that makes them so much better or where they take that leap and where they close the gaps and don't leave any space. But he says the majority of the time you should be strangling the fuck out of blue belts and getting better at your attack setups and getting better at finishing other people. Um, I kind of thought I thought that was funny. Um, I'm going to try to find that that little five minute clip and put it up on the Workplay Obsession uh, Life and Jiu Jitsu Facebook page for those of you that haven't seen it because it's an it's an interesting uh, approach to training. Um, and the reason why it really caught my my eye and my attention, and the reason why I'm bringing it up today, is because um, from my experience and my, and my view on this subject, um, I was kind of the opposite you know, um, for a while. And then later on, I realized that not so much the, the strangling of blue belts part, but the, the need, um, for higher level belts to truly improve your game. So what am I talking about? Right? So from, from my experience, right, I was at a gym from, from the original time that it opened up with the original students and building from, from zero, you know, a bunch of white belts, 
maybe a, a blue belt sprinkled in here and there, and then a, a black belt instructor. And eventually we got to a lot of classes that were taught by a really good purple belt. And, and, and this was, you know, a couple years later, I was a purple belt at the time. And what I realized was no matter how much I was, you know, quote unquote, strangling blue belts, um, I got great at that or I got good at that. I got good at passing. I got good at sweeping when I felt like I really wanted to sweep or I got really lazy. Um, but then all those other holes in my game never were addressed. They never were noticed. They never were addressed. Um, sure, open mats here and there. You could go out and you can find those things. But when you are a big fish in a small pond, uh, you don't have the tendency to seek those things out, right? Which is another topic for another day. Uh, don't be the, the big fish in the small pond because then you're, you, you will overestimate how, how good you truly are. But I had that syndrome for a while where... Hey, I'm the, I'm the, I'm one of the bigger fish in the pond, the small pond, mind you. So I didn't feel the need to go outside, or maybe I was a little afraid to go outside to truly be tested and then be brought back to reality. Right? So this is where my, the need eventually came up to have those brown belts, black belts, upper level purple belts there to, to help my game evolve. I was able to identify or be put in the position where, hey, now I'm escaping from the bottom. You know, I'm getting my guard pass. I'm getting submitted. I'm, I'm realizing that, hey, being lazy on bottom and not framing, not, not um, taking away the advantage that's there, um, they will result in being put in bad positions, right? So this is where I kind of differ from, from Joe Rogan's approach a little bit. I, I, I agree the need is there to, to work your submissions um, against, um, I, I guess the blue belt probably is a good, a good level because they, yes, they recognize at that level, you recognize attack setups, you, you know uh, the common defenses. So those are a better person to practice submissions with, whereas white belts, they, uh, new white belts, they don't, they don't recognize you know, what's going on at that point. Um, and, and so he has a point there. But you shouldn't spend the majority of your time in that uh, scenario. It's got to be a, a decent mix, and and you really should take the time to to not shy away from the upper level belt guys who are going to really expose your weaknesses, right? So that brings me to my second my second point, um, because. The time I spent as that as a big fish in the small pond, I wasn't my my skills weren't being or lack of skills weren't being exposed, right? I wasn't being submitted very often. I wasn't being passed tested very often. So I had this false confidence of my defense and of my submission defense and of my escapes, right? So I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but it's kind of funny because. Um, I went to, as a New Year's resolution, say January 1st, I decided, hey, I'm going to work, um, this is a little rehash of last week, I'm going to work my submission defense and my back defense, right? So I did that for all of January, uh, beginning of February at this point, and I was feeling, you know, I feel really confident in, in my back escapes, right? So um, I probably went from, if I, let's say, for example, I was escaping 50% of the time now I would say I'm up to 90% of the time. I mean, 
you know, that's just throwing numbers out there, but that will indicate how much my confidence has grown in defending the back. But anyway, uh, I was hanging out after class, uh, shooting the shit with my instructor uh, after class, and actually two, two, two black belts, I was sitting there shooting the shit, and we're watching this particular video about the Joe Rogan uh, strangling the, the fuck out of blue belts, because I thought it was funny, so I brought it up to them. And as my instructor's watching it, he goes, oh, this, remind, this reminds me of something. I'll tell you about it uh, after the video's over. So now the rest of the video just completely went out of my head because all I'm thinking about is fuck. What, what have I been you know, messing up or whatever? So my mind's racing the whole time the rest of the video's going on. I'm just thinking about what he's going to say, right? Um, pretty typical for people that really care about their training. And he looks at me square in the eye and he says, you know, you've been, your, your submission... Your back submission escapes are get are really good. Of course, they sugarcoat it first, right? So here comes the bomb. But you shouldn't be giving up your back so much. So it's like boom, explosion goes off, right? So now I'm in this, I'm in this kind of uh, okay. How do I respond to this position, right? So the other black belt that was there, he actually said also, he said yes. He's like your your submission, your back submission escapes are are really good, and he's like you're doing a good job with that. Um, but then it goes back to, Hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be giving up your back that much. Right. So I sat there and I said, okay, do I use the cop out excuse, which is actually the truth and say, well, I've been giving up my back the entire month of January so I could practice escapes or do I just acknowledge what he said and say, okay, I'm going to work now the rest of this month and a little bit longer on not giving up the back. You know, acknowledge it and, and move forward, right? So I was kind of in this in this weird position because some people will use that excuse against a lower belt. Like, let's say a white belt take, takes your back if you're a brown belt. Then you, you can turn around afterwards and be like, oh, well, I'm practicing my back escapes. So I, I gave it to you, right? But you can't use that excuse really. I mean, you could if you wanted to against, you know, me as a purple belt to my black belt instructor who could take my back whenever the hell he wants anyway. So I can't be like, well, I'm, I'm giving you the back so that I can practice my back escapes, you know, which is complete bullshit because he takes it all the time anyway. But I just need to do a better job of, of fighting it off, right? So, but it was, it's good to me to hear, hey, your escapes have, are, are good, which means for me they've, they've gone from complete shit to better. So I can accept that. But now in my mind, I'm like, okay, I am going to do whatever I need to do to not give up my back anymore, um, at least to a few people. I mean, I'm still working it because uh, at, at, I'm not 100% where I, where I feel I need to be yet. I'm, I'm getting there. But um, there are times now where I realize I'm not, uh, I'm going to fight harder um, to prevent uh, giving up the back. It's almost like um, I was working or still am working uh, offside, offside passing, offside passing, offside passing. And then you get so, f- you become so frustrated with not being successful with it. You just say, fuck it, I'm going to go to my good side just so I can get a pass, right? Um, it's like fighting that urge to go back to where you're you're comfortable. So I just got to f- fight, fight, fight not to give it up as opposed to say, well, I'll just give you the back and then I'll work my escapes again. You know, so that that's where it goes back into what I was discussing in an earlier episode about having your priorities and not deviating from those priorities, right? Um, so that was interesting. But what did that also mean? That also meant um, something interesting, which most people don't realize, is the instructor is always watching. 
because uh, he not only said he always takes my back because he does, but he was saying you know some other guys that were that were on my back as well, which some of them were given you know because I I'm obviously practicing back escape, so some of them were given, um, and of, and of course on the other end of the spectrum, some of them were absolutely earned. So it it, it happens you know that. Um, the instructors are always watching, and some people don't don't understand that, right? I mean, that's that's what a good that's what a good coach, a good instructor, a good professor does. You know, they they're always watching, you know, and they're providing you feedback um, to help you progress along in your in your journey. Um, if you don't have that, I suggest you seek out uh, a location that will provide you that. You know. Um, you should be able to to walk up to your professor in some way, you know, whether whether it's after class or or however your your class is structured, and they can identify weak areas in your in your in your game, uh, because that's what they do, right? So, um, I I took that feedback and I integrated it now into my plan, right? But what also struck me not only the fact that he's always watching and always. Uh, assessing how you are performing is that he didn't just say, "Hey, you give up the back too much," and then he walked away and walk away. You know, like, "Hey, you need to work on your your back escapes," and and left it at that. Because I've seen that before. I've seen that in other academies where uh, the instructors say, "Hey, man, your your um, um, your mount escapes suck. You need to work on that," and then then they walk away. Well, give give me feedback. You know, if you're if you're not going to help. Uh, be a solution to to the problem, then technically you're a part of the problem. And if you are part of a school that the the instructor or a teammate or whatever it may be only has the opportunity or takes the opportunity to provide a criticism as opposed to uh, feedback and then a solution, then there's another reason why you may look to to move to a different. Uh, location or find other teammates that are going to help you help you along. Just a, just an assessment that you can take, right? So in my particular case, he said, "Hey, uh, you need to work on not getting your back taken so much, right?" And then he gave me after that some options of um, techniques um, that I can take um, or use or implement or begin to drill to work into my game to not have my back taken, right? So uh, interesting feedback that I received. Definitely uh, advice that I'm that I've already started working actually this week, uh, put into action, um, and obviously it helps right away, you know. So and it also makes you feel, um, it, it it's kind of makes you feel good that you've you've taken a step uh, in the right direction with one aspect of your game. You know, it's always it's always that hey I learned something here but I exposed something there kind of journey um, that that we take with jujitsu and it's never always uh, forward 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 there's always something that's gonna make you stumble a little bit but um there are people that sometimes feel and this is uh, this is another interesting point I wanted to hit that that they're not um, if they're not rolling with their instructor that they're not going to get feedback which is not true. Um, like I said, they're always watching, especially when they're when when you're drilling, and that's one area where you should definitely get feedback when you're doing your drilling. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. But they're also um, watching during your role, and some of the the tendencies or some of the common mistakes that you make. 
So I would say, I would recommend that you find a good time, whether you, you ask an advanced, a more advanced teammate, or you find a time and a manner to approach your professor, like I said, every academy is different, and ask them about something that they think you can work on. Because what I've seen is a lot of people, they don't approach their instructor until they want an assessment on a, an advancement. Do you think I'm ready for the next belt? Or when do you think I'm gonna get a stripe? Which is outlandish that people are concerned about that, but it happens, right? Take, some, take the opportunity um, outside of that scenario to get honest feedback, honest assessment. You know, in the, at the end of the day, I hate to say this because it sounds, it sounds very, puts a lot of people off, but at the end of the day, it is a business and you are a customer, right? We, I know we like to look, look at it as a team and as, you know, some people uh, look at it as, you know, a hobby, but just kidding. Uh, But you, you should get feedback. So ask for it. Um, That's one of the main ways that you're going to help yourself evolve and grow. You know, not only watching your, your best instructor on YouTube or not only beating your, your head against the wall doing the same uh, tag sequences or passes every time and they may work or they may not work. So then you get frustrated and then you may not come back. Seek feedback. Seek feedback. If you have good higher belts, seek feedback or it doesn't have to be a hybrid. You could have somebody that's really, really good and very technical that is the same belt as you. Or I know some people that are, you know, at that level where they're a belt level below, you know, and they're still really, really technical and you can ask them for advice at any time. So seek out advice, make that plan and stick to your plan going forward. I put out an email the other day and I'm going to go back and do a survey. I put out an email, I said, hey, if you want to get better at X, do Y. And I'm, I'm, I can almost guarantee that no one has taken that advice or tried it. I've been doing it because it's something that I want to get better at. But don't be the person that seeks out advice and or recommendations and then don't take the advice. If the advice is sound. If it's bullshit advice, I got it. Walk away. But you've got to follow through if you want to advance. It's not gonna happen just because you think it. We've all been there and we all understand that. One final thing. Uh, So this weekend coming up on Saturday, I believe it's Saturday, is the Abu Dhabi Trials in New York. Uh, I have a couple teammates going out there. Hopefully uh, they go out there and kick ass. I mean, not hopefully, I I know they are. They're they're awesome, Um, they work hard. But it made me think about a post I saw on Facebook about training and about people wondering their place in the gym or losing motivation, how they stay motivated as they get up in years or if they're not the best person on the team, um, questions like that. So I posted a photo to Instagram today, uh, Workplay Obsession uh, on Instagram, and one of my favorite quotes in there, or I'll quote one of my favorite lines in there, it says, uh, try to remember your spot in the team. Think which way you're making value to your academy and the people that you helped. Don't let them down today or let them motivate you this time. My thing is don't let them down today, right? Because in essence, you are a team. If you are a competitor, you are a part of that team. So 
If you don't feel like you're motivated, this is my motivation thing of the other day, of the week, of the podcast. If you are feeling down, think about where you are on that team, right? You may not be the guy competing. You may not even feel that you're the best guy at your level. You know, you may think you're one of the worst guys at your level. But when you go out and train and you give 100%, you're giving that back to the team. You're, you, by pushing those guys on your team, you are making them better. You may say, man, I go 100% with that guy. He taps me 85 times. Well, that's great. He just practiced that submission 85 times and became more proficient at it. You may think that sucks, but that's what some guys need to get better to the next step, right? So don't take it as a loss. Don't take it as an ass kicking. Don't take it as, hey, I'm not motivated to train today because you going out there with a little bit of motivation motivates that guy or that teammate that's ready for the next event or getting ready for the next event. You have no idea how much they appreciate the work you're putting in. Okay, I'm not uh, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm not the youngest guy on the team. But I go out there and I give 100% regardless of if I'm training for a competition or not because I know that the guys that are training have their eyes set on the prize, if you want to call it that have their eyes set on a goal that they made. And as a teammate, they appreciate the effort you're putting in every single day. So just a little motivation, guys. If you if you don't feel like you're motivated or you don't feel like uh, it's clicking for you, your hard work and your effort is not going unnoticed by your teammates. And they truly appreciate it. Um, so I think that's about it for this week. I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully here we'll we'll have another interview lined up. I'm trying to trying to figure out a time and a place to get some people on on the podcast. Um, like I said, a couple guys competing in Abu Dhabi this week. Uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast, good luck, uh, kick ass, have a good time, uh, and enjoy. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Work, play, obsession, life, and jujitsu and download our next episode. Also, feel free to visit our blog at workplayobsession.blogspot.com. There you'll find photos, videos, in-depth analysis, and more often than not, weird ramblings from yours truly. Up oh, until next time, keep grinding, train hard.